And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Bungie? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude The Great Gildersleeve from 1942. Then William Conrad stars in a high adventure episode of Escape from 1954. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. Hey, you know what? What? We're going to listen to Escape on this episode of Hollywood 360. So many people ask for Escape. I know. We it's love a playing great Escape series. here on Hollywood 360. But first, we have to conclude The Great Gildersleeve. We started listening to this last time. Let's go back to June 7th, 1942, for The Sneezes, starring Hal Perry, the conclusion of The Great Gildersleeve. And now let's return to the great Gildersleeve, whom we left stranded in a house in a tree in the backyard. As we find Uncle Mort again, he's still there, while below, Judge Hooker tries to comfort him with song. Rock-a-bye, Gildy, in the treetop. I'll kill that hooker. When the wind blows, hang on or you drop. Yeah, I'll drop on you. When the bow bends, it surely will break, and Gildy will hit just like an earthquake. Hooker, stop that infernal nursery rhyme. Oh, you want something more modern, huh? All right, Gildy, I'll give you the number one song on the hit parade. Yeah. Don't sit up in the apple tree with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Yeah. Anyone else but me. No, no, no! Do something. Get me out of here. This is a terrible predicament. Yes, isn't it? You just wait, Judge Hooker. I'm going to break every bone in your head. Now get me out of here. Uncle decided to visit your treehouse, Leroy. See him? He became so absorbed in it, he can't tear himself away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now I can see him. His head's sticking out of the secret trap door. Oh, how do you like it up there? I'd like it a lot better up here if I were down there. Gee, is anything wrong? Oh, no, nothing at all, Leroy. Except that I'm wearing your secret trap door as a girdle. <laughs> I'm stuck up here fast. you got to do something. Hello, Marjorie. What are you doing up there? I think he's looking for a bird's nest. He's been acting as if he's a little cuckoo. <laughs> Don't you egg me on, Hooker. Marjorie, I came up here to inspect Leroy's little shanty, but now I'm stuck. And frankly, I'm beginning to get bored with lodging here. Excuse me, folks, but where's this guilty? Yeah, I'm right here, Bertie. Where's that voice coming from? He can't be in the trunk of the tree. This trunk's bigger than the tree. <laughs> I'm upstairs in the tree, Bertie. What is it? Oh, uh, there's a doctor. You might get the trunk go to see. He says he's dropping his poison. Oh, great jumping jeeps. The sneeze doctor. I forgot all about him. Gee, I don't think there's room enough for both of you up there. <laughs> of course not, Leroy. And I won't have anyone see me in this ridiculous, undignified position. Bertie, tell him to come back later in the afternoon. Tell him I'm at a board meeting. But, Uncle, that wouldn't 
be telling the truth. Oh, yes, it would, my dear. Wherever I turn, I'm meeting aboard. <laughs> well, I'll go tell him. And, Bertie, after he leaves, bring me something to eat. Yes, sir. Uh, slice up some of that tongue and make three or four sandwiches, huh? It's way past my lunchtime, and I feel as hollow as Judge Hooker's head. That's right, Gildersleeve. Go ahead and stuff yourself. Then you'll never be able to get out of that box. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I never thought of that. It, just two tongue sandwiches, Bertie. Okay. But how am I going to serve All cash? Yeah. Gee, I'm waiting to let the doctor come back here. I bet you he can get you out. Leroy, I don't need an allergy specialist. I need a tree surgeon. Well, he can put you on a reducing diet. Sorry, Leroy, but that wouldn't work. No matter how much your uncle reduced, he'd still be living on the fat of the land. Yeah. Hooker, why don't you go home? All right, all right, I can take a hint. I just hope you're stuck up there until your north side is covered with moss. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Uncle Mort, I'm sorry this happened. Now that he's gone, don't you feel sort of empty inside? I'll say I do. Where's Bertie with those tongue sandwiches? Oh, Bertie. Did you have some, Mr. Gilles, I had some trouble with the cat. And that doctor man said he'll be back later, and he's still charging you for this visit. Well, never mind that now. What about my lunch? Didn't you bring me those sandwiches? No, sir. I'm awful sorry about that, but I can't. You can't? Why not? Because the cat got your tongue. Come on, Piggy. Pull. No, Piggy. Don't. Don't pull. You're just taking the back right out of my shirt. It's no use, boys. Oh, why did you ever build this thing so solidly? Jeepers, you told us to, Mr. Gildersleeve. You're trapped by my own words. You better climb down now, boys, and try to borrow a ladder and an axe someplace. Okay, Uncle. And remember, I don't want anyone in the neighborhood to know about this. I'd be the butt of too many jokes. You coming, Leroy? Scramble down now. I can see the girl next door in her room. I don't want to attract any attention. We'll be right back, Uncle. Yeah, okay. Oh, hello, Mr. Gillisley. Uh, hello, Dottie. How are you today? Oh, perfectly fine, except for a blister I picked up at tennis. It's been annoying me ever since. Isn't it terrible? Uh, heel? I'll say he is. He followed me all the way home. Uh, <laughs> It, who, me? Oh, nothing. I'm uh, uh, just doing an important air raid defense job. You don't say. Well, what is it? You can trust me because you know I always keep my mouth closed and everything I hear goes right in one ear and out the other. And gee, I wonder why that is. Well, <laughs> what's there in between to stop it? <laughs> oh, well, then you'll tell me, huh? Well, what is it? What is it? Huh? it well, if you it? must know, I'm up here spotting airplanes. Spotting airplanes? Oh, how fascinating. Gee, I wish I could help you, only I wouldn't know what color to spot. <laughs> no, I don't suppose you would. If, shh, hey, what's that noise? Oh, oh my goodness, there's a fire somewhere. Huh? Oh, I simply must go because I just love to curl up in front of a good fire. Uh, <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve. I hope you polka dot a lot of flames. Polka dot it. <laughs> just my luck to have a nice, exciting fire somewhere, and I can't go. Is that you down there, Leroy? Yes, sir. Uh, where's the fire? You told me to borrow a ladder on a match, but not to tell the neighbors, so I just called the no. Great jumping jeeps. Why did you do that? Oh, I won't have it. Look at all those people. Send them away. And tell them to stop coming. But jeepers on the board. Hello, kid. Is that him up there? Yeah, jeep. But he says that he don't want to... Bring a 30-footer, boys. Go away. Take those fire wagons out of our alley. Keep that crowd out of our yard. Oh, a little violent, huh? Now take it easy, Tommy. We'll get you down. <laughs> I don't want to come down. I like it up here. What is this guy, a squirrel? Don't worry, Uncle Mort. They'll chop you out in no time. If keep those hatchet men away from me. I'm very comfortable up here, and I, I won't come down until I'm good and ready. As nutty as a fruitcake. Yep. He's jerky, that's all. Probably thinks he's General Doolittle. Yep. 
Why don't you brave fire, lad, and just go back to your checker game? Now, see here, Fatso, we were called to take you down from there. Who called you? Did I call you? No, but some... You're paid for putting out fires, not for coming around annoying innocent people who are enjoying a nice uh, rest up a tree. Well, we're supposed to take you... Oh, wasting the taxpayers' money, eh? Now, you get out of here before I pick up my phone and report this to the mayor. Come on, boys, put that ladder back in the truck. Quinn, take this axe back. Let's get out of here before I turn a hose on that big fat false alarm. Yeah, I guess I told him a thing or two. No, Leroy, I couldn't come down that ladder in front of that crowd. Why not? It, because there are a lot of nails up here, and I've torn a square foot out of the seat of my pants. I cut down a tree once, and it takes days, Bertie. Say, Mr. Gillisleeve, I'll bet you you'd get through if you got a can of grease and gave yourself a good lube job. If, thanks for the suggestion, Piggy, but I'll save that one until everything else fails. Oh, Lord, here comes Dr. DePleister. Oh, I'd forgotten all about him. Say, I just realized something. I haven't sneezed since I came up here, Marjorie. You'll probably want me to stay here the rest of my life. Is Mr. Gildersleeve back here? Oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm up here, Doctor. Where? Oh, there you are. Well, come down now and we'll get started with those tests. Yes. Come down, eh? Yeah, I'm afraid I'll have to stay up here a while. Oh, now, Mr. Gildersleeve, you should have more confidence in your doctor. You mustn't run away, you know. I'm not going to run away, but why don't you? Run away and come back some other day. Hmm, that's a rather peculiar reaction. I'll have to write the medical journal about this. Really, doctor, you don't understand. Oh, hey, keep away. Cut that out. What's wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve? The woodpeckers are trying to build a nest in my hair. <laughs> Poor Uncle Lloyd. Yeah, what's the matter? Is he allergic to woodpeckers? Hey, a policeman? What does he want? There have been a lot of complaints from this neighborhood about a peeping Tom. A peeping Tom. <laughs> oh, help! Hey, get them off! You! Now the woodpeckers are dying bombing me! Hurry up, Get away from me, birds. You bother me. How's the sawing going on? Sawing? It, not so good. I'm getting too much attention from my little feathered friends. I got an idea how we can scare off the birds. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Gillespie, but do you expect to be down for dinner? It, I hope so, Bertie. So do I, because I can't think of how I'm going to serve your soup up there. Oh, well, that, that'd be simple. I could drink it through a straw. What, our steel soup? Yes, our steel. Here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. Nice, kitty. Come on, now. Hey, Alf, look what I've got to drive the birds off. Oh, Marjorie's cat. Good. Send him right up here, Leroy. I'm afraid some bird's going to lay an egg on me any minute. <laughs> Go ahead up, Uncle Mort, kitty. Attaboy. Yes. Keep on going. That's it. Yeah, here. Kitty, 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 kitty. Oh, yes. Come on. It's stay right up here near your Uncle Mort. Isn't he cute? It, Leroy, that was certainly a bright eye. I, 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 I you. <laughs> You're welcome, Bertie. I you. Say, I didn't sneeze once since I came up here until that cat, it cat, it cat, it cat, I just found out what I'm allergic to, Marjorie. It's that cat of yours. Oh, well, this saves me a lot of doctor bills and time and trouble. Why, I'm so happy. No, no, don't call him, Leroy. Looks like I'm going to sneeze my way out of here. Hey, come here, nice kitty. I can't hear you, Leroy, on account of, on account of, on account of, on account of, on account of,
where am I? You're in the middle of our victory garden, Unc. Right between the mashed potatoes and the split peas. Yep. <laughs> Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's The Great Gildersleeve from June 7th, 1942, with The Sneezes, starring Hal Perry, sponsored by Kraft, as heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Escape, starring William Conrad. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Make sure you check out our surprise boxes. You'll absolutely love them. To learn more about our surprise boxes, just go to Hollywood360radio.com. There'll be a pop-up. Learn about our classic radio on CD surprise box, our classic movies and TV shows, on DVD surprise box, and what's the third one, Lisa? The Twilight Zone radio dramas on CD surprise yeah. box wow. number three. Very good. You can get $150 worth of brand new product in any one of these three categories for only $39.99. So check it out. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. All right, it's time now for radio's greatest series of high adventure and mystery, Escape. Came to radio in 1947, lasted seven seasons, and uh, it was really a cousin to Suspense. But it didn't have the star power or budget of Suspense, because Suspense always had a sponsor, where Escape did not always have a sponsor. So they would use radio's pros like William Conrad, Paul Fries, Jack Webb, you know, Harry Bartell as the stars. This particular episode is called Violent Night. It's from March 18, 1954. Here's part one of Escape. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are kneeling in the church of a Caribbean village. Seeking the sanctuary it might offer. While slowly, walking down the aisle, carefully studying each bowed head, is the brute of a man who has come to kill you. Listen now as Escape brings you Les Crutchfield's story, Violent Night. Huh? 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 I came awake suddenly, wide awake. It's a trick you learn, 
around the back countries of the Caribbean. If you want to stay alive. I didn't move. I didn't make a sound. Just stared into the darkness and listened. And then it came again. Somebody was on the veranda. I slid off the cot, reached for my pistol on the table, and stood up. Barefooted, I moved quietly across the room and stopped by the shutters. Senor Grady. Who is it? Pepita. It is Pepita. Pepita? I am come to warn you of terrible danger. Are you alone? See. Si. All right, wait a second. Quickly. What's wrong? What's the matter? Look, toward the village, toward Monte Miguel. What? What? Fire. What's burning? The estación of the police, the Federalista army barrack, other places. It is a revolution, senor. Revolution? Well, who is it? Who's behind it? Alecran. What? He has come out of the jungle again. One thousand men are following him, and now more from the village. He has guns, trucks, cars, radios. He is called himself governor of the district. Governor? He won't last 48 hours. Everyone say it is revolution all over the country. You must leave your plantation and go quickly. But, Peter, you, uh, you think he still remembers? Alacran will never forget. Not ever. Not before one of you is dead. Yeah, maybe you're right. All right, thanks, Pepita. Thanks for everything. Ten minutes later, I lay hidden in a clump of bamboo by the irrigation ditch, 30 yards from my house, watching a convoy of army trucks swing in from the highway and roar up the road toward the plantation. I could have struck out then, run away, but I had to know the odds, know whether Alacran was making it personal whether he still remembered. The trucks skidded to a stop. Men with rifles piled out, circled the house. Spotlights cut through the night, lit up my bungalow, probing at the shutters. But I didn't see him until he stepped into the circle of lights and called out, Mr. Grady? Mr. Valerio Grady? Alacron. You're wasting our time, Mr. O'Grady. You may as well come out. Educated in the States, but as cunning and cruel as the wildest Indian in the bush. Are you afraid of me, Mr. O'Grady? Are you afraid to come out and greet an old friend who has not forgotten you for a minute? Alacron, leader of a revolution, self-styled governor of the district. And he'd taken time out to lead this raid personally. Yes, Pepita was right. He hadn't forgotten. He blasted the bolt off my door with a Tommy gun, and then with a half a dozen of his men, he plunged into the house. It was time to get out. I'd wanted to know the odds, and now I knew them. I didn't have a chance. I ran for nearly two miles. Through my coffee groves, along the banks of the ditches, through the patches of bush, before I finally played off. I was beside a narrow road leading back into the hills. I dropped down by the edge of it and tried to get my wind back. 
Helicron. For two years he'd waited, and now he was coming after me. He'd been trying to start a revolt then. I'd dragged him away from my workmen, taken his gun away from him, and beaten him to a pulp. And now he was back in control of the whole district, with a wolf pack at his heels. And then suddenly I... I noticed the headlights of a car coming down the road from the hills. The lights were too close together and too low to the ground for an army truck. There were ranches up in the hills, resorts. It might be a private car. It was worth a chance. I worked feverishly. The car was close now and moving fast. I gathered an armful of brush, threw it into the road, struck a match and set fire to it. And then I dropped down in the ditch and waited. That's the first portion of Escape. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to escape. All right, easy now. Don't move. Who are you? What do you want? I want your car. No, it is impossible. Let me go or I'll... Oh, no, you don't. Let go of that. Stop it. Stop it. You're hurting me. Take your hands off. Thanks. Well, that's a lot of gun for a lady. I will take care of that. You fool. Do you know who I am? No. I am the daughter of the governor of this district. Your what? It's true. I'm the daughter. I'd heard he had a daughter, but who'd ever expect that fat pig to have one that looks like you? I promise you, senor. If you go on with this, I will see that you are shot against a wall. <laughs> You're too late. Your father already has that idea. Or more likely a worse one. Huh. You know, I think you're going to come in awfully handy before morning. If you think you What do I call to... you? What's your name? Maria. All right, Maria, let's get this straight. I got one chance in a thousand of staying alive, and if I can help that chance, I'll do anything. You understand? No, please. Now, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get out together, whatever happens. Your father gets me, and I get you. All right, now get the car started. We came off the side road two miles from Monte Miguel crossed the main highway and took the old road toward San Vicente. It was 110 miles to the capital, but the sports car was fast. It could outrun any army vehicle Alcatron's men might have. And there was a good chance he hadn't yet blockaded the San Vicente Highway. Well, it was a good dream. It lasted for two miles. Then it popped like a soap bubble. In the road ahead, senor. Lights, trucks, men moving. What do you want me to do? Brakes. Hit the brakes. Come on. And get this thing turned around and make it fast. Yenes. Amigos. All right, come on. Step on it. Let's get out of here. Come on. Master. Well, that was close. Plenty close. Well, we're still lucky. We could have barred straight into that. Well, they blocked us, but at least they didn't get us. And we still got a chance of circling back. What? What's, what's wrong? What is it? I don't know. I'm not doing anything to them. Yeah, wait a minute. 
Yeah, yeah, I can smell it. A bullet must oh. have smashed up in the gas tank. We, we're out of petrol? Yeah, get it over to the side. All right. No farther. Clear over to the canal bank, the irrigation ditch. Go on. All right. Come on, get out. Come on, hurry. What are we going to do? Here, give me a hand. We're going to get it rolling. Come on, into the ditch. All right, come on, let's go. Here. What do you mean? They'll be along here any second. Find where we sank the car. Come after us. We don't have much time. Now, come on, let's get across that ditch. In the water? No. I will not do it. I will not go into the water. Oh, you won't, huh? All right. Uh, put me down. Put me down. Stop. Hold your breath. Now, just take it easy. Quit fighting and relax, will you? I'll get you across. It's only 20 feet wide. All right, easy now. All right, here we go. Now, grab the bank. There you go. Oh, it takes me. Oh, my life. I'm going to kill you. Maybe not. I might have to kill you first. Now, come on. I am not going into that jungle with you. No matter what you do to me, I am not going. Come on, move. Alacron had outmaneuvered me, outflanked me. There was no use trying to break south toward the capital. He had the whole area sewed up. So I decided on a gamble. I turned back. Head for the last place on earth he'd look for me. The village of Monte Miguel itself. It was nearly midnight when we entered the village. I kept a tight grip on Maria's arm and hurried her through the back streets and alleys, heading toward Peter's room on the other side of town. Though we didn't make it. A patrol of rebels came around the corner and moved toward us. We couldn't turn and run. We couldn't go on. We were trapped. But we'd stopped in front of a house built flush against the street. The door was only a few feet away. I stepped over and tried it. It was unlocked. I drew my gun and pushed the door open. All right, come on. There's no one in. Inside, quick. What are you going to do? Wait for the patrol to pass. (gasps) Now be quiet. Here they come. Not a sound, Maria. Shh. Why? Oh, that was lucky. Well, (laughs) double lucky, in fact. The head man here has gone out and left some clothes all ready for me. Uh, pantalones, camisa, sarape, sombrero. Uh, now, if we can find something for you. What do you mean? Well, dress like we are, we don't have a chance. Ah, here. Here, this ought to do it. Catch you. Now, here's a shawl for you. You can throw it over your head and keep it around your face. If you think I am going to change my clothes... Get behind room. that curtain and do it any way you want, but get into that dress and do it fast. In a few minutes, we were back into the marketplace, walking rapidly. And then as we passed the great doors of the church, I froze in my tracks. (gasps) Alecron. He was lounging in the back of a touring car, fat and evil. This way. Where? 
into the church. If he sees me, we're finished. Slow and solemn, though. Right up the steps. And keep your head down. Odd, half scared the way the villagers go in. All right. Up toward the front. Hurry. All right, in here. All right, this is far enough. Now kneel down. Well, we're safe for the moment, but I... If you please. Don't move, Maria. Don't cry out. The gun's pressed against your side. Keep your head down and pretend you're praying. Better yet, really pray. The padre, white-haired and old, knelt at the altar and went on with his prayer, not hearing the summons from the back of the church. Some of the kneeling villagers turned to look and then turned back quickly. Beneath my serape, I kept the gun pressed tight against Maria's side. Padre! Alecran was walking up the aisle toward the front of the church, moving slowly and deliberately, stopping to glance along each row and study the kneeling worshippers. You cannot come here with arms, my son. This is a place of peace. Oh, and I am a very peaceful man, Padre, as long as I have not denied the things I want. What is it you want? A man. I'm told they have some woman with him. They may have come in here. I will only need a moment more to finish checking your followers. No, I cannot permit that. Padre, you know who I am. Now we can be friends or we can be enemies, as you choose. Of course, burning a church is not to my liking. Go. Wait outside if you wish. I am on the point of dismissing the congregation. You may watch them as they leave. All right. You're clever at compromise, Padre. I'm sure we will learn to understand each other. Adios. La misa está terminada. It is all, my children. Vayan con Dios. My son. What is it, Padre? This way. Follow me, both of you. Come quickly. Come on, Maria. Yes. In here. You're taking a big chance, Padre. If he finds out, you're in trouble. You have heard of sanctuary, my son? The sanctuary of the church? Yes, of course. Unfortunately, I cannot assure you that sanctuary. But perhaps I can help you in some small way to find your own sanctuary. Thank you, Padre. In a few minutes, when everyone has gone, he will be certain. Ah! Who is it? Lalakran. Ah! One moment. I am informed that you are hiding a man and woman from the congregation. Open this door. Have patience. Now. Here, behind the desk, there is a way out. All right. Go now, both of you, quickly. The passage opens on an alleyway behind the church. Open now. Hurry, my children. Thank you, Padre. <laughs> When we came into the open alleyway, we were on the very edge of the village on a crooked path that ran between the walls and backs of the buildings on one side and the dark, dense mass of the Valle Diablo jungle on the other. 
But for a moment, we were safe. Barry. What? Back there, in the church, would you really have killed me? Look, I'd hate to do anything to hurt you. But if I have to, I will. Why do you hate me so hate much? Hate you? I don't hate you. Why should I hate you? You're my ace in the hole. I've got nothing against you personally. You just picked the wrong man for a father, that's all. Wait, hold it. Barry, don't shoot. It's only a child. Yes, it's only a child, but he knows who we are. And you'll have the whole town out here in two minutes. There's no choice left. Now, come on. Barry, what are you doing? Where are we going? Into the jungle. Into the Via Diablo. Yes. I've got to rest. I, I can't go on much farther. All right. All right, Maria. We'll, we'll slow down and take it easier. I don't think he's going to find us now. I think maybe we've got a chance. Can't we stop, Barry? No. No, in ten minutes we, we wouldn't be able to move again. Now the sky's beginning to lighten. It'll be dawn in less than an hour. He can't chase us forever. He's got a revolution on his hands. Barry, it's all been so strange, like a nightmare, all mixed up. I hated you at first. Oh, forget it. I didn't know who you were, what you were doing to me. And finally, I, I began to understand... I don't hate you anymore, Barry. Good, Maria. It works out better that way. In fact, I'm afraid I... I like you very much. What? Afraid? Yes. Maria, we'll be out of this before long, and when we... Wait. What is it, Barry? There's a dog. What? Yeah, they're trailing us with dogs. No matter where we go now, they'll find us. Oh, Barry! Come on, Maria. And we ran again down the twisting jungle trail, on and on, knowing while we ran that there was no way out, no way of escape. And then suddenly we burst out into a clearing and stopped in our tracks. For ahead of us, dark and ancient, its stones worn by tropic rains, grown over with lichen and moss was a Mayan pyramid built by men dead for centuries lost and forgotten in the Valle Diablo we broke into a run across the clearing we are going inside Barry oh, why not what have we got to lose nothing at all Mr. Lady. <gasps> all right inside quick Marie. <laughs> excellent Right into the trap, just as I hoped. He's behind us somewhere. At the edge of the clearing there. Been here for some time, you know. Waiting for my beaters to drive you out of the brush. Always predictable, Mr. O'Grady. One knows precisely what you are going to do before you do it. <laughs> I like Bron. Listen to me. I've got Maria with me. I recognize her at once. Then listen. Before I let you take me, 
I'll kill her. Do you understand? That's entirely up to you, Mr. O'Grady. <laughs> First you fire at my voice and me. Then at empty gun. Embarrassing, isn't it, Mr. O'Grady? Now my fun begins. Come on, Maria, back inside, quick. Well, I'm out of cartridges. All we can do now is run. Run as far and as long as we can. And then what, Barry? You killed me, as you told him you would. You know better. I thought the threat would hold him off, but it didn't. You heard him. Yes. I heard him. It is not a surprise, Barry. My father has hated me for years. I did not come in handy like you hoped. Where are you, Mr. Reddy? Are you scared now? Running? Maria. Yes. Keep, keep moving as quiet as possible. Uh, maybe you need something to help you run, Mr. O'Grady. He's got a machine pistol. Hurry. I cannot go so quickly. What are you afraid of, Mr. O'Grady? You're not afraid that they are the plantation. Is this what bothers you, perhaps? <laughs> It's no use. Maria, Maria, wait. There's a ledge right above us here. I can feel it when I reach up. Broken boulders. Now there's a chance. Now listen to me, Maria. You go on alone. Make a noise. Talk so that he'll think that we're still together. Do you understand? I'm going to wait for him here. Right up on that ledge. All right, now go on. All right. Go on. But oh, oh, be careful. Be very careful. I scrambled up on the ledge and got set. And I felt around in the dark and found a rock as big as a man's head. And then I waited. You're tiring yourself for nothing, Mr. O'Grady. There's only one way out, you know. This way. I raised the rock and waited. He was close now, very close. I listened to his steps, trying to judge his position by the sound. You're not being very friendly, Mr. O'Grady, and I feel very warm for you. He was right below me. <laughs> I raised the rock and smashed it down on his head. <laughs> it's all right, Maria. It's all over. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Maria. Two weeks in that stinking jail, and now you drag me out and bring me down here to the harbor. Why, Captain? This way, Senor Agri. All right, so you won the revolution. Now you are the new government. All right, fine. I got nothing against you. My fight with Alecran was personal. You know that. Quite true, Senor Agri. I know that. However, Alecran was one of our leaders. You killed him. The usual sentence is death by a firing squad. I know that, Captain. They but... said we are permitting you to leave the country. The launch is waiting to take you out to the ship. You should consider yourself very fortunate, Senor Grady. Captain. Look. There, uh... There was a girl. Maria. Alecran's daughter. 
Where is Maria? I believe you are speaking of my wife, senor. Your wife? You are escaping a death sentence, senor. But I must warn you that if you ever return to the Republic, that sentence will be carried out. Your wife? Maria and I were married yesterday at the Church of Santa Isabel. As a wedding gift to Maria, I gave her your life. Your ship is waiting, Senor Grady. Adios. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you Violent Night by Les Crutchfield, starring William Conrad and Joyce McCluskey. Featured in the cast were Don Diamond, Ben Wright, and Edgar Berrier, with Michael Ann Barrett, Byron Kane, and Richard Beals. Your announcer, George Walsh. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stephen. Listen next week when Escape brings you Alexander Dumas' classic story, The Second Shot. Rich in comedy, rich in human interest, rich in novelty. That's Rich, starring Stan Freeberg, Friday nights on CBS Radio. Friday nights, too, enjoy a full-hour Arthur Godfrey Digest on the CBS Radio Network. And that's Escape with Violent Night, starring William Conrad from March 18, 1954, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. Then it's more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of April, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, featuring six 75-minute detective adventures. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Also on sale during April is Gunsmoke, Volume 1, featuring 12 stories of the Old West. Gunsmoke Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In May, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during April. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense, starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, it's Boston Blackie, You Bet Your Life, the NBC short story, The Man Called X, The Smiths of Hollywood, and The Sealed Book. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.